Welcome to the Nine Brawl Podcast, where we tackle daily life challenges and apply God's word to illuminate and preserve his truth while leading others to salvation through Christ Jesus. Let's join your hosts. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Sean Campbell, my brother, Jeff Anthony, and we're getting started on session two of Christian Sexuality. Let's go ahead and let's jump into this, brother. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you'll get us going on what we talked about um, before, and then we'll move from there. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh, finish up with uh, session one, and start with uh, session two before we end the podcast. Uh, the previous uh, two uh, two or three podcasts where we discussed. Uh, was our identity in Christ. Like Sean said, um, if our identity is not in Christ and if Christ is not real or God is not real, this conversation means absolutely nothing. It's a waste of our time and a waste of our breath. Um, So um, we're going to go ahead and uh, finish up with that. I think we left uh, with a good, firm foundation that uh, what the Holy Spirit is and what God did for us when he created us by giving us a conscience to know his law whether we know we physically see the law the law is already written in our hearts so he's already um, given us the opportunity to follow him so we we ended last week with uh, a specific question Sean if you can go ahead and uh, yeah yeah. Remind us of what that question was. So getting ready for, for this week, we really want to focus on you know, who is our master. And so the question was, you know, name some of the things or people in your life that has influence. And I think we had some really good thoughts that we shared in class. Um, you know, we talked about money, time. I think that was a really good insight that Caitlin made about time like what did you think about what she said and how that kind of framed this in a way that I didn't expect I don't know how about you we had a lot of excellent points Uh, definitely great dialogue talking about time I think that's something that we all struggle with is how do we use the time that God gives us and not feel guilty about how we actually spend it and how how does that look like? Um, you know, of course, I, I don't mind putting myself out there. I talked about uh, spending time watching TV, uh, you know, especially, especially like anime. Uh, you know, I can I can sit four to six hours watching that. Yeah, well, I mean, you're not the only one, man. We, <laughs> we get caught up in, you know, uh, our latest one now is SEAL Team uh, with Jackson. And Jackson wants to be a SEAL, so we, we've been watching that. And just time can just disappear. Um, you know, and I was actually thinking about tonight you know, about uh, trail life and how it works with time. You know, Jesus said, you know, we shouldn't say, you know, tomorrow I'll do this and tomorrow I'll take care of that and next year. But I know I get really wrapped up in those times you know and it feels clunky and almost 
pharisaical sometimes to say, you know, well, if the Lord wills, but that is what Jesus told me to say. And so, you know, I, I even yield to the guilt within me um, that nobody places on me. It's just me to not say, you know, well, you know, a hope we go, if the Lord says it's okay, you know, if God wills, this will happen, because that seems, I don't know, almost dismissive. And so that's something that, that I feel convicted in my heart to really, to, to try to work toward a more godly management of my time and how I spend it in the present, but also how I plan in the future. Yeah, you know, when we look at time, we have this belief that it's infinite, even though we're finite. <laughs> you know, yeah. And then literally, that just popped in my head. Uh, it's good. It's like wow, we we waste time, and it's something we do not get back. Yeah. Do do we feel like we can waste time because we have a promise? Uh, an infinite amount of time and that's so we're basically spending our inheritance (laughs) (laughs) ouch (laughs) I mean I know (laughs) that's a really good question man Um, I don't I don't have an answer because I haven't thought about it before but I, I I need to and there's no guilt in your question, I know, but like I, I know I fail at that because I act like I've got forever, and so I don't spend my time wisely. It's something I've got to work on. <laughs> we we talked about time. We have guilt associated when we feel that we've wasted it whether watching tv uh whether it be movies tv shows sporting events we have guilt but is there a way to glorify god in that time frame even if we are watching sports if we are watching a TV show or just spending our time doing research. Well, I think you made a, a good point, you know, watching anime, you know, that it's not full of deep philosophical godly discussions, but, you know, you pointed out that, you know, especially in Japanese culture, that Christianity is a minute detail, but you pointed out, you know, why would they put that cross there, you know? I think that's that's one way that we can be good stewards of time, regardless of what it is that we're that we're being thoughtful consumers, and we're not just you know society. Parts of society will say sheeple. You know, we're not just we're not just blindly following what they're what they're feeding us, and so looking for those bright lights in that case. Also looking for darkness, um, you know. I encountered that this this past spring. You know, we're watching Jeopardy, and you know things come up <laughs> in Jeopardy that 
far contrary to our the godly worldview that we're trying to um, teach at our in our home and it was just it was an opportunity that I could have just let go by and I probably would have let go by honestly a few years ago but just it was really bugging me and so we the show was over final jeopardy was answered and I said you know hey you know those things that's not God's design and so I think in that small way as you demonstrated with Ariana um, during anime and that that opportunity for me in jeopardy and in kind of value neutral things that we can draw out the good or that we can reflect against it um, to show you know God's plan in spite of the darkness that's out there and so I think those are two ways that we can help redeem that time and make good use of it what do you think man yeah, absolutely. Um, it was brought up a point that if we're out watching uh, a sporting event, that our actions as well reflect God and his character. Instead of throwing beer at a fan, <laughs> at an opposing fan, or cussing, or you know, throwing elbows because they said something the way we interact with them, the way we show patience, kindness, love, even though we're just sitting there, we're still being an image bearer for, for God, right? We're, we're doing those things. So we can, even though we're, in our sense, we may have that guilt. We're like, oh man, I could been, I could have been in my Bible or I could have been doing some kind of Bible study. Uh, the truth is we are, we're living it out because we talked about worship and we think that worship is strictly just, oh, I have to sing to God all day long and I have to be in my Bible. Um, but that those are forms of worship, but our actions in, in itself are forms of worship to our God as well. Right. I mean, you know, Aaron mentioned that that quote that I've heard lots and lots of times, you know, you know every day, you know, preach the gospel and sometimes use words we don't have to be out like we talked about don't have to be out on the on the street corner preaching we can we can live a godly way that we can just you know, we can choose not to fight back you know, we can we can choose not to you know, be the imbecile at the sporting event or you know, be the argument talking about with our kids tonight like you can choose not to argue and you know ask good questions and you can show other people what you stand for by what you don't say or the questions you ask I think I think if we're thoughtful we can we can find lots of ways to glorify God and it doesn't necessarily have to be in Bible study or Sunday morning service and I really, I thought that was the key thing that came out of Sunday. What was that part of give the gospel? And if that doesn't work, then your words, right? We're putting God first because he's going to do the work. And it makes me 
pose this question really to everyone that's listening. And I'll even pose it to you, Sean, because I pose it to myself constantly. What is the gospel? And how do we give the gospel? <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good question. Uh, Stacy and I, I chuckle because Stacy and I have been having that discussion at home um, after the kids are going to bed. Is you know what is the gospel? Because you know the first part of Matthew says Jesus went teaching the gospel, and you know a lot of people will say the gospel is you know the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but that didn't happen when Jesus was preaching the gospel, and so the the answer that we've come down on that we think is most consistent with scripture is that the gospel is God created, God was God created humans screwed it up we broke that relationship and so God came to us God closed that gap that that we created through our sin and and the gospel is God came to us and then Jesus' life answers the rest of the gospel but I really believe that the, the gospel is God was God created man couldn't so God did I don't know what do you think uh, how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> well, it is um, 8.55 right now um, you told me you had to get to bed so you told me, man. <laughs> well, good thing I only need two hours of sleep. <laughs> nice. I think going back to what you said, I think it's amazing because it's going to lead to how we finish up this evening, going back to the beginning. Yeah. All right, so when I was... Baptized. One of the first things that I was told was start with the Gospels. Kind of like you're saying, well, it all starts with Matthew. Uh, it's, I'm sorry, uh, it's late already. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they said, once you go through that, then go to the Old Testament. Hmm. But Who told thinking, you this? Like you said... Basically, everyone in our congregation. Huh. All right. So me being who I am, I was like, well, I'm going to go start in the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. And I think it was I think it was very vital. Okay. I, I think it was very important to go start um, at the Old Testament. But it could be as well, God has already re- allowed me to see and has already, you know, allowed me to hear. And I completely understand why we want to start with the Gospels uh, before uh, we go into the Old Testament. But it was amazing right now when you were saying that Jesus was going out preaching the Gospel. So, you know, if you think about that, it was like, oh, did he read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John before he started his ministry? <laughs> well, or did we'll talk about that in apologetics <laughs> later. That, that you know that those weren't written until you know twenty, thirty, forty years after he died. So um, the apologist in me says that that's a funny question. But go ahead, man. 
Yeah. So, but, you know, uh, just thinking of that. But we see Jesus from the beginning. Right? We, And I think that's why I, I see why John, the book of John, if we were to offer the one gospel book, yep. it would probably be John as the one we want to start with. Yep, that's that's what I tell everybody who comes to faith in Jesus is you want to understand Christianity, you want to understand who God is, who Jesus is, John does it the best. Yeah. And so typically that's what I'll do is I'll start with John. But I I think after John the the book the book of Romans Theorily goes over the gospel and then how we live out yeah. the gospel. Yeah, and I think that's really good that uh, Hut is going through Romans now. And you know, we just finished up chapter six, and you know what? It took a long time for me to get about Romans. Is you know, I get distracted in chapter one and chapter two, but if you look at the book of the letter to the Romans, um, Paul is preaching through chapter 8. The end of the sermon is chapter 8, and then he starts to revisit some of those key things. And so I know for me, if I miss, if I fall asleep in the middle of the sermon, I miss the point. And so it's important for me to, to remember that the sermon ends at chapter 8, that he is giving his, you know, I think somebody mentioned it, systematic theology. You know, this is what Christian life looks like. This is who God is. This is who we are in relation to Him. This is how we come to Him. And that's an extremely clear outline of faith in Jesus and faithful walk in our Christian life. So that's a good, that's a good next step. I totally agree that that is <laughs> that's the next best place. Where do you go after Romans? Uh, typically after Romans, uh, I'll go back to Matthew. I, I typically go back to Matthew. I, I, I think uh, each gospel is is very unique in its own way and what it's uh, saying, right? But through Matthew, the way he writes, it's very literal and uh, to the point. So I uh, definitely like to think that the the book of Matthew, uh, for someone like yourself, you probably enjoy it because it takes the, the nonsense out of a secular world and the, what they're trying to bring in to uh, use against us. The book of Matthew does a really good job of like, this is where we're at because if we think of Matthew's character of how smart he is and most people don't realize to have a name of Levi what that actually carries right what was what was his life supposed to be what did his parents wanted him to be uh, but that that's a tangent on its own I'm not going to go there <laughs> but as far as that's why I like it as someone who who wants to know answers to questions I love going to Matthew I think it helps steer us, uh, and then from there I'll, I'll end up going into uh, Galatians, and then I'll go into um, Corinthians. Um. Yeah, well, 
I like your I like your outline, um, and, and you know you're right, Matthew. With that's his that's his Roman equivalent name, but yeah, his his Jewish name is Levi, and you know that's a really important point that I had honestly forgotten because uh, you know, the the Levitical priests that was a that was a big deal, and it took a one, it was tied to history and family and genealogy, and then it was tied to constant rigor. So the fact that his parents named him Levi, they desired him to be founded in a strong history and a diligent life. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why Matthew starts with the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, you know, he starts in history. He's, he frames, you know, a, a, he didn't start it, the gospel writers don't start it like fiction, like mythology, instead of, you know, once upon a time. He says, at this exact time, this happened. And that is just such an encouragement to me and my desire to really study faith. We talk about my, my training in education and apologetics, but it, I get so excited about it because Matthew puts it on the map at a specific time, in a specific place. He narrows the God of the universe to that night in Bethlehem and he walks backwards and forwards from creation to the beginning of the redemption of the world and I think that's a good segue <laughs> to um, Francis Chan's video um, on you know why it matters and how the story begins and how we can ground ourselves there as we move forward into this godly sexual ethic. So man, if if you don't mind if you go ahead and play that video and then we'll we'll kind of shift into that. first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And I remember hearing it in the context of a, some sort of kids gathering or youth gathering and everyone just kind of nods their head. And I don't know, for me, I'm just like, that's a big deal. And every year of my life, it's become a bigger and bigger deal. The thought that in the beginning. So there was a time when Francis Chan didn't exist. Yeah, you know, it was only, you know, 50 something years ago. If it's true that there's a being who spoke and this whole world that we're sitting on right now came into existence, it's like, that's a giant gap 
between that being and me and my little breath. Even right now, I'm sick. You know, you can probably hear it in my 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 voice, and and it's like, gosh, my fragile little tiny human you know one breath left in these lungs compared to a creator who whenever that beginning was there wasn't even an earth he just speaks it into existence that gap means everything like who am i compared to that see we a lot of us we sit around and look in the mirror and go who am i and, you know, we try to figure it out and we compare ourselves to other people. And you just start with Genesis 1-1 and ask yourself the question, who am I? So what do you think of that? Um, I, I love where he goes with the mind blown. Because when we, when we even try to think about how powerful God is, I mean... I get a panic attack. I, like, literally, I just panic because I can't comprehend that. Because, I mean, to go from a from void to everything that we see, and you break down the, the very fine details from a leaf uh, to grass blades to, uh, to everything that he merely spoke it and it all fell into place to think about how big of a uh, great designer that he is that it happened at the moment that he opened his mouth and spoke it out I've talked in class like how much more I'm in awe that he created everything by just his word with the exception of man that should show like how much more he values us and loves us that he came and he created us with his own hands and poured out his very own breath into Adam to give life and just like Francis I just I'm mind blown I, I, it's even hard I I've been thinking about it so much and speaking about it so much that it's easier for me to speak about it. But at first, like, I couldn't even put it into words. <laughs> I love his his excitement in there. And it just, you know, reflecting on it, I should be more amazed. Um, you know, the old song, I stand in the maze of the presence. You know, I, I should be more amazed. You know, I live out in the middle of nowhere. And I, I can see every star in the heavens. And to think that God put each one there, like you said, with the sound of his voice, just over billions and billions and billions of miles, just instantly, is just... I have to catch myself. One? Yeah. He knows every star by name. <laughs> Stars that we we can't even see. 
Now that makes me want to go down a rabbit hole. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beetlejuice. You know, I know he didn't name Beetlejuice Beetlejuice. Um, you know, but <laughs> he does, and and that's just what's so amazing about our God. And you know, atheist gives a hard time. You know, because well, we are so self-centered that God created all this stuff, and He just put, He just cares about us, and so they make fun of us because who are we that we think that this infinite being that could create all these things with the sound of his voice, yada, 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 is their line, and that you think he cares about you. How self-centered are you? But they're kind of right. Like, this, that is what God's word says, is he created all of this, this wonder beyond wonder. That, I mean, just think of the the thousands of years and, and thousands of generations that that people had no idea. Like 99.99999% of things weren't there. You know, Genesis tells us about Abraham looking up into the stars and God saying, I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as these stars. And just think, one, Abraham wasn't really sure about that promise. But even if he was, how wrong his you know, most reasonable guess would have been. Like most, most faithful guess, he could not have possibly comprehended the majesty of what God was talking about when he said that. And just, I'm with Francis that it just blows my mind how much bigger he is and how big that gap is between stupid little me and that great God. And just so we can be clear, we're talking about the star and not the movie, right? (laughs) <laughs> yes. And in fact, the the star is spelled with a G-E in juice. And yeah, we're not talking about Michael Keaton. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I know I realized I said Beetlejuice twice. And I think of the movie, you have to say it three times. But, three times. Um, yeah. We might have to have like a, a, a old fogey movie night. To, I'm not sure that... that <sighs> Y'all know Beetlejuice. What do you think? Oh man, it's a classic. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I will say that they know what Beetlejuice is. Okay. I, yeah. But yeah, I was talking about the star, but I, it was on my mind because you know, I think we watched actually Beetlejuice in the last year. I'm kind of ashamed to say, but yeah, because it's it's. <laughs> anyway, and it's it's amazing how even the our most sinful like we talked about at the beginning, our most sinful habits will show us God if we're willing to, to look and see that connection. Yeah. You know, um, the reasons we have these conversations is not only for ourselves, uh, but also how we can have these discussions with those that don't believe. And, uh, Obviously, we know the Super Bowl was yesterday. Was it? And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that was going on there. I, 
Who won that game? Uh, not the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even a team? Sorry, I need to I need to <laughs> to leave you alone with that because I I'm beating a dead horse now, but. <laughs> Uh, more like a dead carcass so like it's done it's, it's, it's done but anyways to get back on track one of the things I, I immediately texted was like did you see that that's amazing yeah you it did was, yeah right and for those that didn't watch the Super Bowl we had two ads that were that were played um, he gets us that has to refer to our God, our Jesus, and who he is. And I thought it was just amazing that there is no other time in the world that people gather around the television just to watch commercials than the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And we got two spots. Two of them. Two of them. And I was like, that's amazing. And it really just made me think about what we talked about in class, right? Is he sees us. He sees us, the Christian, right? He sees us, the sinner, the rebel. He sees us and he still loves us. And he wants us. You know, that was the message. That was the message of the... Uh, of those two commercials and man I've never felt so much joy in my life to know um, to, to see that just happen I honestly with the Grammys just happening and all the yeah. nonsense that happened there right that this should give us courage you know that we should not be like Elijah being like we're the only ones but you know and God's like that's like you don't a, even that's know. a good point. Look, I mean, I mean, <laughs> um, I only remember two beer commercials, and Jesus got two commercials. Like, <laughs> like, you're right. Like a, a lot of times, man, I'm, I'm Elijah, and it humbles me because you no, know, he was there on Mount Carmel. A fire from heaven came down and then he was hiding in the desert because he was afraid of some crazy woman you know I'm right there I'm right there with him like you know I'll be honest you know when you ask me about it I was talking about you know maybe their their theology isn't 100% correct Um, (laughs) but the Jesus that they're representing is you know I read that read that article that CNN wrote and, you know, they criticize him for, you know, having so much money. What couldn't you be do, doing, doing so much more? In fact, like <laughs> one quote pastor they quoted said, you know, people are really gonna judge them because they're not taking care of the LGBT community because they're not taking care of like, come on, man. But I was there, just not quite all the way. When, when you asked me about it, because I was like, oh yeah, maybe, because they're out of Kansas City, and we know people in Kansas City who've you know called them and asked them kind of gotcha questions, and they've given kind of squishy answers. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, and they say that in the article, the guy that they spoke from, to from, 
he gets us, you know, their official position is, you know, Jesus might surprise you. Because he did surprise everybody. He surprised the Pharisees. He surprised the Sadducees. He surprised everybody with what he did. And so, you know, you're right. I need to be joyful about that because of all of the money that was spent in hyping that that completely worldly thing. And I'm not necessarily worldly, like sinful, but it was just about football. It was grown men in tight pants beating the snot out of each other for three hours. And God got two minutes of that. And that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Do you think his message got across the world? I think they got a chance to see. And mm-hmm. it and it wasn't it wasn't your Bible thumping street preacher. It was something that didn't sound normal. And I think that was good. You know, that first one Praise the Lord. You know, I, I loved I just I loved that that scene when those two little boys are just running down the sidewalk each other, their arms out and smiles, and they give each other this hug. They I'm certain they didn't know each other, and you know we're just so embroiled in this color thing. So I didn't want to say it, but they didn't look like each other. One of those boys had so much more melanin, the other one didn't. And that video just showed this is what Jesus can do, is bring complete strangers that don't look like anything like each other and bring them together because he is God. Yeah, absolutely. And that conversation you and I can have, and if anyone ever wants to join, because I know it's something that you've asked me about. Um, you know, because we that, that can be like a whole conversation like in last... Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I saw that one too, man, and uh, it just reminded me of the that kids usually pick up, ca- they catch things more than they learn things. Yeah, right. They, they catch the, by yeah. the actions of what we do. Yeah. Um, let's get back on track. But I just yeah. thought that was, that was amazing. But it, it just shows how much in control he is and what he does things that you know we think um we we put we we glorify ourselves too much you know i know really i do. do think that we have so much power of doing these things but really it's all in his hands and we can't do nothing uh without his without him saying yes that you know i'll allow that yeah yeah well, praise god and yeah thanks for getting us back on track so um, going back to to Francis Chan, this giant gap because God was in the beginning, and then He created with the sound of His voice. Um, I want to do a real brief intro to philosophy, but it's important as we make this next step. Um, philosophy is built up with three things: metaphysics, that is the nature of being. Epistemology is what is truth, and then ethics. And then in the Christian worldview, 
we we ground existence in God and like Francis mentioned in the beginning God and so when we ground our Christian worldview when we our metaphysics is grounded in God is God creates God continues to be we can make sense of truth our epistemology is is grounded in him and so when we we look at how to know and how to understand we can ground it back in him because he is big because he's so much bigger and this huge gap between us and then once we understand who he is and who we are and he defines how we should look at the world then we can follow his ethics his values that allows us to build a coherent worldview based on God and when we when we have a disordered philosophy it just leads to me being God you know we see that in the world around us when you know your truth and my truth that is taking God out of the picture and so when when I am defining my own epistemology when some apologists that I follow call it standpoint epistemology when epistemology is based on me when truth is based on me then ethics are whatever feels good to me whatever looks good to me and I leave God out of it and so if we don't ground the worldview in God first in his being in metaphysics and then his truth in epistemology then his ethics will guide us when we mix those things up we end up with an ungodly worldview and that completely messes up our ethics completely messes up our the way we live the way we treat each other the way we decide what's right and wrong that's the end of my little philosophy session there but I really wanted to focus on that for a second just just to so that we can understand the building blocks for a godly worldview so when we get to what God says about sex we can make it make sense what do you think about that absolutely because all of that is about God's authority and to understand that he created everything he's the designer he's the author he gets to write the law he gets to write what is good what is bad and when we come to accept it everything is much easier for us it's when we want to inject ourselves in it that we complicate the whole system yeah and Adam and Eve certainly showed us <laughs> what that is so. yeah but you know what the best thing is that he's gonna reset it all yeah and that's that's the good news 
Yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I want us to. I think there's a question that's that ends in this video. I'm trying to look at my notes before we we end off. So um, it's really an engagement part. Um, if we we will leave you with this. If you guys would read Genesis uh, 1, 1 through 2. Reflect on the fact that God is the creator of everything. With that in mind, what stands out most to you in those verses? And as you get ready to go out through the rest of your week, just remember who you're, who God is and that we allow him to be him and uh, serve him well. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening with thanks and praise. Lord, what a great opportunity we have to have technology where we can uh, spread your word out to our brothers and sisters that they may have an opportunity to share this podcast with others and invite them to uh, our Sunday gatherings and uh, also any other events that we do. Heavenly Father, you know our hearts, you know our needs before we even ask. And to know how big you are to make time for us uh, to come to you even though you know what we need. It's just so amazing, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, we pray for those who are still in darkness and they need your light, Lord. And we pray for them just like they prayed for us when we were in the darkness, Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. Heavenly Father, we continue to pray for the sick, that it would be your will that they come to health. And if that's not the case, Lord, that you be with their families to provide them comfort. Heavenly Father, we pray for those that are uh, homeless, uh, that are hungry. Uh, help us to do more than just uh, pray. Help us to put ourselves into action uh, to glorify you, Lord. Lord, there's so much that we can say and do. There's not ever enough time for us to do so. But we love you and we thank you for sending your son Jesus uh, to die on the cross and uh, take the punishment that we deserve for for the sins that we've caused. We thank you for paying our debt in full to give us an opportunity to be with you forever. And most of all, thank you for seeing us and still loving us. We praise you in the name of your son, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This concludes this week's podcast. Just remember, when the world tries to get you to backslide, all you gotta say is... Nah, bro.